Good to have you here, three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network, coming to you from the Weston on Jekyll Island. Good to have you. Of course, a day ahead of the Ben Troop Florida Georgia Legend Series, which will be here tomorrow evening. We'll be broadcasting live from three to six, uh, not too terribly far from where we're sitting uh, right now here at the Weston, and looking forward to that, uh, Ben. I know with uh, a lot of uh, Georgia and Florida alums uh, coming in, free event tomorrow night for folks to come on out and. Uh, just kick back and uh, and listen, ask a question, uh, get some autographs, take some pictures, and just, you know, have a good time uh, listening to uh, all of you guys reminisce about playing in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Really, really looking forward to it, Kevin. I think it's really, really humbling for me because this is my contribution to the game. A lot of times, as a former player, you say to yourself, okay, I was able to be truly do, truly blessed by this game. How can I give, how can I give my, uh, show my respect and appreciation to the players that have paved the way for me? And obviously, get, you know, guys that came after me as well. So you got different generations. You got Carlos Alvarez. You got DJ Jones. Uh, you got Jeff Chandler, myself, who played in the same era in D-Web. You got Washon Ely. I think, I think sometimes, BJ, when you start thinking about putting things together, you know, I'm not doing it from a standpoint of a look at me. It's look at what look at what we've done and we've accomplished. To me, it doesn't matter wins or losses or what you did within the game individually. It's look, DJ Jones man on that 1980 uh, national championship team as a backup quarterback. You think about Carlos Alvarez from Cuba, has a 30 for 30. I think he listen. If I'm not correct, University of Florida Hall of Fame, Academic Hall of Fame, College Football Hall of Fame. I mean, work, work, works as a lawyer in Tallahassee, so he, he don't mind being around the wrong element, if you want to call it that, BJ. But, no, I this is how I say thank you, man. This is how I give people credit, I mean, give people flowers when they can smell them. So I'm looking forward to seeing everybody, and I'm looking forward to just really, like, y'all, sitting back. and I'm look, I'm, I want to say, Carlos Alvarez, tell us about your life. And we just sit back like this, you know, in utter amazement. But, uh, yeah, this is how I say thank you to those guys. I know that I was a – has something to do with this game, you know what? Oh man, what is it? Twenty-one years ago now. My goodness, you know, Kevin, telling my age a little bit, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the third annual Florida Georgia Legend Series held here at the beautiful Western Hotel on Jekyll Island. Yeah, beautiful facility. I mean, we're looking out literally at the ocean uh, to the right of us. But uh, the first Florida Georgia Legend Series, what was neat, and of course last year it was it was virtual with uh, with COVID, and uh, was still spectacular. But what was really neat is to watch kind of the ebb and flow of the conversation where it starts out, oh, yeah, George got a lot of respect for Florida and it's been a great rivalry and uh, respect y'all's traditions, our traditions, and then it kind of starts to unravel a little bit. And then it, well, <laughs> wait a minute, wait, okay, if you're going to talk trash, I'm going to talk trash. But, no, uh, it is a, a fitting title to call it a legend series. And, I mean, Ben, even though I've, I've heard the story a million times and, and that's something I'm grateful for, I'm still excited to hear – you talk about 2002, and uh, a lot of Georgia fans listening, you know, may not fully appreciate it. Gator, uh, you're, you're a Gator legend, but 2002, defensive game, back and forth, a fourth-quarter score makes the difference, and it's you over Thomas Davis on essentially you've described it as a jump ball from, from Rex Grossman, and that's the game-winning touchdown, 20-13. to 13. Keep in mind, and dog fans know this, that's Georgia's only loss in 2002, maybe Mark Rick's best team in Athens. So it's, yes, Carlos Alvarez and, and, and Daryl Jones and, you know, just these great all-time players but, Ben, to hear you talk about that again 
just means so much to me. And I, it's funny because, Kevin, you know it. I mean, Ben, if we were to do an interview here, I don't even have to ask you because I know what you're going to say. Ben, what was it like? I was tired. That's, that's what you always say. I mean, you're describing one of the great moments in the history of the series as just being exhausted. You tell me not to patronize people, right? You say, ask me a question, don't patronize me. No, I, I was. When you, when you think about how that whole, how that whole uh, game started out, it was supposed – that was not the game plan. So for people to see how to – think about this. Taylor Jacobs, Rex Frostman were the best – you know, quarterback receiver duo in the SEC that year. And they were, they was, you know, Taylor Jacobs was a deep threat if you've ever seen one. He gets hurt in the first quarter. So Ed Zombrecker, our offensive coordinator, he's saying, okay, what do we do? So when people go, what is our plan A? I mean, what's our plan B? Uh, panic. So we said, hey, we're going to go to the ghost screen. So myself, Kelvin Kite, Carlos Perez, Aaron Walker, we was like, all right, man, we finna run this ghost screen. I mean, it got to the point where, the whole crowd was like, if he runs this ghost screen again, but it kept working, kept working. And next thing, and coming out of the game, Carlos Perez, what, 12 catches. Mm-hmm. Kelvin Kite, nine catches. I called a touchdown pass. Aaron Walker called a touchdown pass. I think uh, Rex Rosen set the record at the time for most completions in the in Georgia-Florida game. And I think I could be wrong. It's one of the only night games I can remember in the Georgia-Florida Florida Georgia uh, game uh, series. But, BJ, look – we had this. We had this route combination. He goes like this. It's it's it's, it's a choice route. If you playing the inside turn out, playing to the outside turn in, inside and out, just turn around. I caught this pass like three or four times. Uh, you know, in that last drive, with that drive, that touchdown drive. I am six four. You know, six four and a half. Whatever. Thomas Davis, what six one six two. My arms are longer than Thomas Davis's. I had one move, and that was a swim move. And I said, Lord, I'm gonna give him the swim move. <laughs> and if it works, I'm good. Think about this. I had the whole end zone. If I were to try to go inside of him, I don't get open. So I just think that Thomas Davis, who's a 2021 Georgia-Florida uh, Hall of uh, inductee, he's yes. a Hall of Famer this year, you just laugh, man. You really, really just laugh because I don't understand the, sever- you know, the severity of these things. When I get to the sideline, you know what my That's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I mean, in the moment, you no. weren't thinking I just potentially caught the game-winning touchdown pass? No, no, no. My, my thing is this. This is when you want to score. You get off the field when you score. Hey, man, somebody scores when we get off the field. And I'm usually telling somebody else that. When you catch it, my teammates are hugging me. I have no energy left. All this side of my face ain't nothing but just sweat. And somebody said, quote, wipe your face, man. You're on TV. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. But, look, I give a lot of credit to everybody on that team. It was a lot of players in that game. I got tremendous amount of respect for on both sides. I mean, DJ Shockley, David Green, uh, Thomas Davis. Uh, you know, you talk, you talk about, uh, you know, Lee, I mean, I know Lito was gone. I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, you, you talk about Keywan Rattler. Gus Scott is a, is, a, is a play that people don't talk about enough. Jacksonville native, grew up a Florida fan. Playing with Florida, get, sorry DJ, you know I love you, D Shock. D Shock tries to throw a pass to the single receiver side to Terrence Edwards. Gus Scott picks it off for a touchdown. Later on in that game, David Green tried to throw the wide open pass to uh, Terrence Edwards. Terrence Edwards dropped it, and after the game, when they asked Terrence Edwards why he dropped, it, he said, "I was trying to see what Gus Scott was. If I was a Georgia player, I would have told Terrence you're supposed to lie." Don't give that man that much because that, you know, which uh, Gus ain't no, you know, he's not no uh, arrogant type player. But it was so many things that happened in that game. So shout out to the defense. Thomas Davis, I am not more athletic than you. I am just taller than you and I am bigger than you. And my arms just because there is a picture if I had it. I got my hands on this ball holding it for dear life. And there is another hand in there. And that's Thomas Davis. And I'm looking at the camera. And my mom asked me after the game, did you know you was going to catch it? I said, Mama, I was just thinking, God, I didn't drop it. Because you got to think, if I drop it, 
then I can't do no Florida Georgia Legends series. There will be no Florida Georgia Legends series because I don't want to talk. No, I'm, I'm just happy that I was a part of that series, Kevin and BJ. And that's the thing about football. All the games you play, you come down to a moment in time. I have some great memories, great moments. I'm happy that that's a moment, that's a moment that'll live on forever. Absolutely. And again, we'll have uh, those stories and uh, stories from, and again, you've got guys from across the, kind of generations of this game so you get different kind of uh, feels of it uh from from talking to different guys like when willie mcclendon played georgia was doing good things in the, in the series when you played you were in the middle of obviously the, the the spurrier run where georgia really couldn't get a win uh over florida so it's kind of interesting to see different guys and their perspectives based on kind of the eras in which they played yeah and let me say this too i'm not one of those i was i, I say i was fortunate to go four and zero, and I and I and I rode the wave because we were the last two teams of Spurrier. So Spurrier's last two years was two thousand, two thousand one, then the Zook era. And I do believe that momentum because we were not the same team, record wise. But I just remember, man, Ron Zook. He's the type of guy, man. He he wants to win in such because we, now looking back on it, he wanted to win to prove his worth. Like as a player, always trying to prove your worth. And he was like, a lot of people don't think I'm supposed to be the head coach of Florida. And you kind of take on the, and Kevin, I didn't do this. The world is against us because <laughs> it wasn't. But you just appreciate how much you, you, you know, you like uh, love sharing the field with those guys. Do I like red and black as a color? Yes. Do I like red and black as a color for Georgia? No. I hate them when you're talking about putting them together in that round, but it's a healthy dislike, BJ, because it's not real. Let me say this. I don't hate Georgia, for real. I don't hate the players, for real. But on Saturday, I can't stand them. Don't talk to me. I don't want to hear nothing about Because you need that to get you ready for the game. And plus, you know, when you got David Pollock and Charles Grant and Thomas Davis and Kendrell Bell, I need, I need, I'm asking myself, do I really want to do this? Do I want my life <laughs> to be this? Cause I could have been doing something else. And I, you know, cause as people know, if I, Florida was who I chose, but I was originally going to be an engineer. That's another, that's another, <laughs> that's another show. No, no, no. I, I appreciate it, man. I, it's humbling, BJ, because. It's easy to talk about what happened after it happened, but man, going on during this thing, I'm saying to myself, I'm saying, Lord, please don't throw it to him. Oh, he's throwing to me. Please catch it. Oh, please don't drop it. All these things are going through your mind. And hey, man, I, I had an incredible time doing it. And I, I would say that Georgia brought out the best of me. Hopefully, they'll think I brought out the best of them. Well, you mentioned that uh, the Georgia-Florida Hall of Fame this year will have uh, Kawan Ratliff and uh, also Seatric Faze and a yes. couple of guys yes. uh, you played with and, and uh, John Stinchcomb we chatted yes. with earlier in the week. Matter of fact, all, all, all yeah, four guys, yeah. we, all, we all played in the same yeah. era. Yes. When, you, when you think about you getting inducted a couple of years ago, what, what did that mean to you, a a Statesboro, a Swainsboro, excuse me, native, grew up in Georgia. Yeah, I'm I fall, the wrong borough. That's right, the wrong borough. <laughs> a Swainsboro native, Augusta, obviously where you went to high school, but then to go to Florida. What does being in the Florida-Georgia Hall of Fame mean to you? I um, I heard Randall Cobb do an interview one time, and uh, during the interview he said things like this don't happen to people like us. And that's how I felt. Because when you're from Swainsboro, Georgia, yeah, I graduated high school from Augusta, Georgia. Whatever I do, we're doing it. It's not just me things. So people go, hey, has – you know, uh, Ray Guy, the great Ray Guy, the, the Ray Guy, he's from Swainsboro, and he graduated high school from Augusta. So all I'm saying is I'm just a microcosm, BJ, of what can be when given opportunity. Not that I'm better, not that I'm greater, not that I'm different. Man, I made it in Florida because I went to a city in Augusta first. If I go from a small town to a – in a big town, but it might as well be, you know, Atlanta if you're coming from Swainsboro. 
I just, I just, you just breaking barriers. You know, I wear this thing called a myth killer on my, on my wrist because that's all I'm doing. I just want to kill myths. I got children. I got nieces and nephews. I want, I, I got friends that say, Hey Ben, you think you could do that? I said, no, I know we can. My dad said, listen, man, my dad said, son, the easiest thing to be is the second. The hardest thing to be is the first. I was the first of many kinds to do the things I've done, not going to college, but on these big stages being celebrated. So when you're going to the floor, you was there, BJ. I appreciate you coming, man. When you're standing up there, you realize this is forever. You're going to forget the games, man. You're going to forget the players. In some spot down there in Jacksonville, they got a picture of this face <laughs> much younger and hopefully a little bit more handsome in, in some spot. But, no, it's, it's humbling, BJ, because – I had nothing to do with the selection process. All I could control was my four years there. My name came up, and I got selected with the with the golden leg, Jeff Chandler, and I just you know Vern Lundquist was there. You know, so I'm listen, I'm super happy for Keywan, Ohio's on you know Ohio's finest, Seattle Faison from the city of Jacksonville, John Stenchcom carrying on the Stenchcom name, and Thomas Davis. Man, yeah. I appreciate you lowering your athleticism for one play for your brother. I appreciate <laughs> that, man. I appreciate it. I'm sure he doesn't see it, <laughs> if we had a chance to talk to him about it. But we've got so much more to get to here on the show. We're coming to you live from the Westin on Jekyll Island. Come on out uh, again tomorrow and join us for the uh, Ben Troop uh, Florida Georgia Legends Series. We'll all get started. We'll be here broadcasting uh, three and out live from three to six. And then the uh, Legends Series, the roundtable discussion getting started at seven. Absolutely free. I know it's kind of nasty today, but the weather forecast for tomorrow looks absolutely amazing. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, as well we've got more to get to here on the show of course we're talking about uh, that football game uh, game two happened last night mm. we'll look forward to game three uh, coming up tomorrow but we'll break that down when we return it's three and out here on the here at the Weston on Jekyll Island getting ready for the uh, third annual Ben Troop Florida Georgia Legends Series coming up uh, tomorrow we'll be broadcasting live from three until six and the round table uh, free to the public come on out and enjoy starting at seven o'clock right here at the uh, the Weston on Jekyll and should be great weather for that uh, tomorrow night uh, here at the, uh, the the Weston encourage you to come out for that but uh, last night not good for the Atlanta Braves. We'll just leave it uh, leave it at that. They get game three uh, coming up, and I know this is the Atlanta spin, right? Well, if you'd have told me it was only going to be a split, you'd have take that and come back to Atlanta playing playing the next three. But I think you played so well in game one, you thought maybe you play a little better. I thought Max Reed, first inning, really rocky. Braves did not play great defense last night. Uh, after that, kind of settled down, but uh, it was kind of what the Braves did to the Astros the night before. It was too little, too late. Yeah, and what's been uh, interesting about this series, granted just two games so far, is that the team that has gotten off to the quick start has won and has won comfortably. And sometimes in baseball, especially in the postseason where uh, there's such emphasis with every single pitch and every single at-bat, is you have a little back and forth and you have you know a change of leads and then you go to the bullpens and it takes you know four or five hours. Well, these games have been pretty straightforward. Get off to the good start, score some runs in the first couple of innings, and you kind of control the game. And Max Fried, you said this earlier today and I think it's fair because it's natural to look at the final score look at the box score and think oh boy you know Max Fried is the ace we're going to need him again in a couple of days he didn't pitch well he really did outside of one inning 
pitch, pitch well. I mean, uh, finished the game late with, I think, a couple of strikeouts in a row, but had, had, had the start where did not have great command, probably wasn't getting some calls. I mean, if we're being honest, that was not great last night. But Max Fried is still a guy I think you can trust and believe in on this stage, in this moment. Had, had one bad inning, probably had four or five, you know, uh, pitches overall he wanted to get back. And, and, and offensively, you were not high last night. I mean, sometimes, Ben, you've told me this with every sport we watch. Hey, what happened the day before or the week before or the game before isn't always a guarantee of a continuation coming up coming up forward. But, Kevin, I, I, man, I don't think it's Atlanta spin to say 1-1 we're happy with it. I think yesterday we all kind of got bright-eyed and thought, oh, boy. You know, we're up one nothing. We could win this game tonight with Max Free. We're going to be up 2 nothing, and we're going to, you know, just wrap this up really quickly. When in reality, look, Houston has been in three of the last five World Series. You have one win. They have one win. It's going back to Atlanta. I think you feel optimistically. I think you trust Ian Anderson. Big, big spot of his career. Big start of his career coming up, clearly. But last night, not unexpected. And I still think you can feel good, very good, about where you are, right, at 1-1, Ben? Of course you can. I mean, we it's either the World Series or it's not, right? And we shouldn't be surprised. I go back. Listen, BJ, I always look to you to be able to say, listen, this this should be my panic level. I look to Kevin and say, this is where we should be at. You, you, you know, and Kevin said, listen, Kevin, what's best case scenario for this Braves team? First two games, one one, going back to Truist. Now it would be it's much easier. We always dwell on your 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 most recent game. If the Braves won game two and got and got beat in game one, we're saying something different. No, the Braves have proven to Houston. Hey man, we got to jump on these guys early because, like you said, BJ, seeming whoever have the best couple of you know for, you know first couple of innings, they 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 seem to have that momentum at the end of the game. But it is the Astros, and I know you know the running joke about the Astros is the whole scandal they they were a part of. They're trying to they're trying to show that they don't need that stuff. The Braves are trying to prove that look, man, we we not only just happy to be here, we belong here. And you going back to Truers one one, you understand both 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 teams are kind of breathe now. I mean, we got that first win out the way. I mean, we got a win before we got back on the plane to hit. Because let's face it, Houston could ill afford to go up, go down 0-2. They saw what the Braves did against the Dodgers. And I'm not saying the I'm not saying Houston is better than the Dodgers, but you don't want. But Dodgers are one of the best teams in baseball, regardless of divisions. I mean, confidence. So I just thank that for this Braves team. You breathe. You say to yourself, fellas. All right, we you know we in this thing. We understand it's not going to be. We would love. There are no sweeps anymore in World Series. That's that's just out the window. Nope, they're gonna kind of go back and forth. But I think this is what you want. I think if you a Braves team, you you doing things the hard way. You used to doing things. <laughs> you know you you don't you don't make things easy on yourself. But the Braves exercise some demons in the NLCS because everybody thought going up three one. Uh oh, they lose a game. Here we go again. They find a way to get it done in Truist. The Braves are a different team at home, and and Houston knows that. The Braves need to go and handle business in game three from a confidence standpoint. But, BJ, I think we undervalue just how incredible Ian Anderson. He's only been in the bigs two years, Mm -hmm. and look at what he's doing. So, Kevin, what you say about giving him postseason experience, look at how much better of a player he is, not just for the team during the regular season. I think he's ready for this moment. Uh, Again, I think I've said it all series. I will continue to say it. Confidence in this team. Uh, This is a team that has played – Really, really well. Again, baseball is a sport where you just don't go out and win every day. Uh, the fact that the Cardinals won 17 in a row coming down the stretch was ridiculous. That's just something that doesn't happen uh, a lot in baseball. So last night you got gotten. I think a couple of things that are going to go unnoticed uh, in that is Max Reed did not get off to a great start, gutted you out to get you through five. Then you got Chris Martin, Kyle Wright comes in and pitches, and, and pitches well, uh, actually. I know it's a, a different scenario, but – 
Matzik, Will Smith, Luke Jackson, A.J. Minter. None of those guys had to be used. They get another day off and then come back on Friday. And for a bullpen that gets two days off, everybody should be very, very raring to go uh, there for, for game three. So I think what did come out of this, if you're Brian Snicker, is you threw a guy out there that has first-round talent. Kyle Wright's first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Has had his struggles at the uh, the major league level. Came in in a World Series game and pitched a clean inning. Struck out the side, I believe. Uh, so showed some flashes of what he could be. And maybe that's a confidence boost to say, Kyle, this is the biggest stage you're ever going to pitch in. It's the World Series. Our team needs you to go out there and get three outs. And you did it. You didn't give up. So maybe that's the guy you look to and say, could he come back in a game six? In a game seven, if you're short on starting pitch, say, Kyle, we need you for three innings. Go out there and give us what you got. I think you learned a little bit about some guys last night to say, look, let's harken back to game two and say, are you our best option like a mentor? No, but I think you showed something to yourself that, hey, it's a World Series. There's no bigger stage you're going to pitch on in your career, and you got it done for us uh, in, the, in, the, in the eighth inning. Why can't you do that? in a regular season or another game pitch with that confidence that you displayed uh, last night. So a couple of things I thought went unnoticed, that you had some guys in that bullpen really give guys the night off. And I know, BJ, people say this a lot in the NBA. What's the difference in losing by two and losing by 28? And a lot of times you see that strategy in a best of seven in the NBA. You get down by 18 or 20, and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to rest guys and save them up for the next day because guess what? At the end of the day, it's just one loss. doesn't matter if we lose by 10 or we lose by 20. Am I going to use everybody up trying to come back? Or am I just going to say, you know what, we'll chalk this one up to an L, come back and, and, and do better? I do think it's going to be unbelievable Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Truist Park. I think the atmosphere is going to be incredible and maybe one of the best we've seen in the, the city of Atlanta in terms of atmosphere in a long, long time. Oh, sure, and I think that the Braves will take the field with confidence, feeling like they are the better team. I mean, I, I truly think that's what they believe, and they should feel that way. They should feel that way, but to your point, and I, this is always an interesting line to walk, but I do think that if you lose a game 7-2, to 10-1, to something, and, and nobody wants that, but if that's the reality, to me, that is so much better than losing 3-2 to two. because that's what makes me nervous is if you lose a game 3-2, to two, let's say the Astros beat you 3-2, to two, well, that's a game you lost where offensively the Astros weren't at their best. And to me, that's where you worry about kind of balancing it all out with the numbers and kind of what's going to happen, anticipating production. If, if the Astros have a statistical outlier and you lose, I think that's okay within the compartmentalization of evaluating losses. Obviously, you don't want to lose, but it's like in football. If you lose, you know, 13 to 10, you look at it and you can point to 10 reasons why you should have won and maybe the other team beat you without even playing their best football. I think you got about the best effort you're going to get from the Astros in game two. And I say that with, yeah, yeah, and I say that with all due respect. Look, Houston is one of the, one of the standards right now in Major League Baseball. But what I'm saying is I think it's going to be hard for Houston to replicate what they did in game Game two in game three, much like it was hard for Atlanta to replicate game one in game two. And I do want to say this because I saw some people saying on social media last night, man, Atlanta's really aggressive at the plate. A lot of swings and misses, a lot of swings early in, in counts. I like that. I think when you go to the plate, you go to the plate to hit, not to watch and smile and you know have you know have your place on TV for 45 seconds. No, you go up there to hit. And you saw the Astros really 
try to attack the zone, or at least in the in the general area early in counts, I don't like taking pitches just to take pitches. And sometimes, like in game one, it works well for you. Sometimes in game two, you swing and miss. But, Kevin, for me, I don't know what your thoughts are, I want to see Atlanta, assuming they're good pitches, swinging at pitches in the zone early in counts this weekend. I think that's a sign that you believe, a sign that you're eager, a sign that you're confident, a sign that you're that you're ready. And there are going to be swings and misses. But I like that out of this team with the power you have in this lineup, guys. Well, think about this too, though. I mean, and, and Kevin Abizia, I don't know why we do this. We don't have to be hesitant. It's not like, well, it's not like Houston is listening to us, which they, they probably should be. <laughs> or whispering. If they're not. But who, who, who's to say that they're going to go back to Houston? I mean, the Braves have already won one game. They got three games okay. at home. I'm, because I'm saying at a certain point, we talk about the Braves like, okay, the Braves finally made it back to the World Series uh, since 99. Think about what Alex Anthopoulos was four years ago. Not too many people can do what he do or take over what he took over. Ronald Cooney Jr. is not playing. He's watching, and they're still here. Mike Soroka, I hope to God he's back in 2022 because <laughs> I don't even want don't even his <laughs> He's name. watching. He's watching. So all I'm saying is, Kevin and BJ, you know, I only, rep- I only wear Atlanta Braves, you know, ball cap. I only wear these type of hats because I represent – the great state of Georgia, and I love them Braves. You know, my grandfather's looking down. But, BJ, it is okay to think that the Braves are more than good enough to win three in a row because they're in truest. I don't know why we say that we go, hold on, it's Houston. No, I mean, yes. I hope Houston have a big problem come these next three games because I believe this Braves team, they believe in each other. You know, all, all they got is that, is that, you know, is that, uh, is that locker room. And I'm sorry. Snit don't have the the best. The mo- he's not the most enthusiastic person you ever met, Kevin. But I think if we win the World Series, even he has to show a little, you know, uh, enthusiasm. But I'm very, very, I'm very, very confident for a team like the Braves, BJ, because I think you throw out all that stuff, pitching, plate appearances, be who you are. Yeah, because that's what got you here. When you lose, when you're trying to be something you're not. If you listen, if you're real bland, be brand, be bland. If you like to dance and let, do that stuff, but if you, you know, but I don't like this, hey man, let's get all extra professional because we, no, that stuff you did got you here. Rosario, be aggressive. Solaire, be aggressive. You know, Ozzy, be aggressive. Because if you look back on, and I'm not, I don't even like to say that L word, if you don't reach the goal you wanted, don't look back and say because you didn't be who you are. That's the worst feeling as a player is this, man, I should have just said this. I should have, no. I was who I was, and they beat me. I can shake your hand. You were just a better man. But I don't know, man. I'll put them Braves against anybody right now because it's only one team. It's 28 other teams saying they wish they was in a position sure. these two teams ran. So be who you are, and if you lose being who you are, you can live with the result. I look at this team, uh, again, coming into the weekend, played horrible defensively. That's really not who they are. Uh, ben talked about that. Uh, that That is almost an outlier that you have Eddie Rosario throwing to a base that nobody's covering, and the Braves kind of went uh, brain dead there uh, in, in one inning. And you look at at one stretch in the postseason, the Braves had not committed like an error in their last X number again. Like it was unbelievable how long they had gone really out co- without committing an error, uh, especially down the stretch. So I think there's a team that plays much better defensively. And they get back home, 
hit the baseball. And, again, I think Truist is going to be the place to be. And I'm interested to see how many people, and I made this reference yesterday, much like Georgia and Florida, how many people are outside Truist that are at the game but not in the building uh, that are just there taking part in that atmosphere. I think it's going to be a wild scene there at the Battery in Atlanta. We've got more to come here on 3 and Out. We are at the Westin on Jekyll Island getting ready for the Ventrue Florida Georgia Legends Series, which comes your way tomorrow. And this is 3 and Out. Sorry, I had to wait for the music to break down there. We're here at the uh, the West on uh, Jekyll Island getting ready for the uh, Big Troop Florida Georgia Legends Series uh, here as well. Kevin, BJ, and Ben. And again, the uh, Legends Series, the roundtable tomorrow, 7 p.m. I know Christian jumping around the background is... uh, very distracting. But, again, you've got Georgia, Florida uh, coming up on Saturday. Quarterback decisions for both coaches in this one, JT or Stetson. I know Kirby Smart, Dan Mullen, they're not going to say. Uh, but gut feeling, who's the first guy out there on Saturday? I think Stetson Bennett. And, and I think it's hard to kind of get a feel for what's going to happen in the game. I, I do think you will see two quarterbacks for both teams. I think I think Florida's going to play Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson, I think, and, and, and I think Georgia's going to play Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels, but I don't know how that manifests. I don't know uh, if, if, if there's a script, Ben. I don't know if at times there's kind of a, a pre-established rotation of, okay, you're going to get the first two series, then you're going to get one, or if you kind of play it by feel, but I think Look, JT Daniels is an extremely talented quarterback and has done a really good job. But so is so is Stetson Bennett, and, and he's been in recently, and he's he's been leading the team recently. And I think right now his passer rating is is second in college football behind uh, Grayson McCall out of Coastal Carolina. Uh, has played really well against teams where you've had a national top twenty-five type type spotlight: Arkansas, Kentucky. Uh, Auburn, you've gotten you know good production, good proficiency. I think there's a rhythm to the offense uh, that I, I don't know if it changes if you change quarterbacks. I don't know if there's a sort of corresponding uh, production expectation that Kirby Smart and a Coach Munkin have where they look at it and go, okay, if we don't get this, we're going to make a change. Or if we do get this, we're not going to make a change. I think it's tough, Ben. I mean, you obviously know more than me about kind of the feel for the game once the game is underway. But I, I think Stetson Bennett starts, and I think the, the momentum and the rhythm he's had has been really impressive. I mean, Georgia's one game's national top 25 showcase games with, with ease. Now, the defense has set the tone but you've been you've been really effective offensively so I think we see two quarterbacks for both teams but how does that how does that play out Florida Georgia is such a perception driven game BJ and Kevin because we forget how the magnitude of recruiting and what you run out there is it has a lot to do with what's going to be coming through these doors in the next coming years Stetson Bennett is college football Stetson Bennett was a guy that Obviously, grew up wanting to be a Georgia Bulldog. wasn't on campus, and then, you know, it, you know, uh, you know, you go back to the Jamie Newman situation and how, you know, he had to he had to come in and kind of save the day. J.T. Daniels is the prototypical college f- football player. You know, six two, six three, the big arm, five star, but availability has to mean something. And Stetson has been there for you. Stetson's not going to make waves. Stetson is not going to say anything that's going to be detrimental to the team. But this is the reason why I think both of them are going to play. People are always talking about how um, Kirby Smart is a better coach while Dan Muller may be a better developer of talent than him. Well, Kirby Smart, where everybody knows Dan Muller going to run out two quarterbacks, and they have two totally different skill sets as far as, like, what you want them to do. 
So now you got defense versus defense, offense versus offense. If the two guys from Georgia outplay the two guys from Florida, when the two guys from Florida might be more athletically, you know, gifted than the two guys, they definitely look like the the prototypical college football, I mean, college quarterback. What does that say, BJ? It's so many games within the game. And that's what this comes down to. This is gamesmanship. To me, I think JT goes out there first, even though I don't think he's going to end the game. JT needs confidence. JT Daniels has never played in the Florida-Georgia game yet. And all you heard last year was what? If JT would have played, if JT would have played, if JT would have played, Florida would have won. Well, JT Daniels didn't know what it's like to be a Georgia quarterback that plays against Florida, even if they got number one next to their team. Stetson Bennett has earned the right to play on Saturday, and he did it last year. So I think Kirby Smart, he has a really, really good problem on his hands because the one thing Stetson and JT have that Florida doesn't have, I got a defense going to give me some opportunities. I got a defense going to give me some extra possessions. I got a defense that's going to call some three and outs. So when you start, it comes down Florida to Florida can't do that? I'm not saying Florida can't do that, but but JT and Stetson know that Georgia's going to do that. And I'm not saying it's going to be overwhelmingly Georgia. Look, that's another thing. Georgia – has the better defense. What if Florida defense outplays them in this game? Doesn't mean they're better. So it's that's what you like about the game. You know, every everybody everybody is going to be looked upon what position outplayed. Like BJ, you always say who has the competitive advantage. Well, Kirby Smart is saying, how do I use Stetson and JT? Just like um, Dan Mullen saying, how do I use Anthony Richardson? You know, Emory Jones. And the thing about it is. Depending on how it looks, we determine if they're going to use two quarterbacks after this game. If it don't work against this type of talent, man, I don't want to hear what you did against South Carolina. I don't want to hear what you did against, you know, other teams. This would, I think that whoever runs out on Saturday for Georgia and whoever plays well is going to be the starter moving forward. I think Florida's going to be a little diff, bit different, but I just know it's so much. The, 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 the plays that get called in Florida, Georgia, might not get called the rest of the year because every single – this is like a playoff game in the NFL in college. Because everything matters. Kirby Smart got to get the win because you don't want to lose to Florida when Florida's not even is unranked. Dan Mullen needs a quality win in the worst way possible. So this is why you love it. This is why you love Florida, Georgia from the storylines, quarterbacks, defense, offensive line. Think about it. Florida's coming in, running the football better than Georgia. That shouldn't even be allowed. Georgia's defense is just, they writing their own history book. We ain't even in the, we ain't never know with nobody else, but hey man, when the rubber meets the road, I mean, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to decide if this is what you want to do or not. I, I do, I do agree with you, BJ. If Stetson Bennett was six foot two, this wouldn't even be a problem. But I told you, BJ, a big part of college football is not being the part, it's looking the part. And, and if you don't look at it, it's always, when JT does it, JT is a baller. When Stetson does it, it's in spite of. So I think BJ, man, it's, it's, it should be Stetson, but, you know, because I understand how perception works, it's probably going to be JT. Again, we'll see what happens. Dan Mullen's got his own questions there uh, as well at, at quarterback. And is there pressure? Dan Mullen uh, to, to go out and get a win. Obviously, Florida fans didn't give him big extension to lose three, four games, but – is it Emory Jones till it starts to look bad? Then it's Anthony Richards, or you just go with Anthony Richards? Man, that 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 is the million dollar question. If I, from a rhythm standpoint, I think you do have to start with Emory because the one thing BJ that we haven't seen for, for Anthony Richardson, can he do it for four quarters? Man, we know he's exciting. Listen, Anthony Richardson is like a relief pitcher, and he nice. He he comes in and he's excited. He he, he throwing strikes. 
But can he be a starter? And if he's going to start, I don't know if you do that to him against Georgia because if you're judging a quarterback on what he did against Georgia's defense, that, that might not be fair to that quarterback. But if you Emory, you got to prove that, man, I'm the guy for this job. If you Anthony, you got to prove that, hey, man, I might have a star. I might be in a starring role, but I might be a co-star. I know that's hard to – I was a co-star for three years, and I loved it. All of a sudden, hey, man, you ready to star in this thing? I was listen. I was a co-star in 2002, and had to and had to play a star role. So I think that once again it comes down to, and I will say this to Anthony Rich and Emory Jones: Do you want to be a great player? Or do you want to be a great teammate? Because there is a huge difference in the two. Sometimes being a great teammate will get in the way when wanting to be a great player. I know that both of them want to do it, but they're going to need to be teammates on Saturday because they're going to need both of them. And if both of them can contribute, that's going to give that's going to give Florida the best opportunity to win because I do think Emory's that guy. We've got more to come here on 3 and Out, coming to you from the Westin on Jekyll Island on this Thursday afternoon. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. Dangerously close to being 2 and out uh, here. If I get some of the side-eye that I'm getting from uh, from Christian Gokel and B.J. Bennett. Ben and I are cool. So we'll be here for the <laughs> – I mean, yeah, yeah, Ben's cool. I mean <laughs> – I mean, I'm just saying – I mean, what, I mean, Kevin, look, at the end of the day, you, you, are, you, are, you have a very, very wide variety when it comes to music, and we yeah. never, mm-hmm. ever know when you're going to be jamming. Well, I was on the, on, the, on the comeback to the show. So, hey, you'll be performing if, after the roundtable Yes, I will be. Stick around and uh, make sure you – I'll put the tip jar out. Ooh. You're right. <laughs> but we will, uh, we'll be here live at the Westin on Jekyll Roundtable tomorrow. Uh, here tomorrow, weather's supposed to be fantastic tomorrow. And, again, we'll be here live for three now. Christian Gokel will be here second down uh, as well. And then 7 o'clock, the roundtable begins, Ben. I know you got some folks coming in uh, to town already. And uh, getting ready for a, uh, a big evening tomorrow ahead of, obviously, uh, the big cocktail party in Jacksonville. Really, really looking forward to it. Really, really humbled by it. Uh, you know, I'm already getting – uh, notifications, BJ and text magic, you know, confirmation saying we here, we, you know, we outside, we looking forward to tomorrow, but <clears throat> this is when I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do when I'm making sure I'm doing it for the guys that paved the way for me, guys that I played with and, you know, DJ Jones, Willie McClendon, Washon Ely, you know, Jeff Chandler, Carlos Alvarez, you know, uh, and D and those guys, I just, I just really, really look forward, uh, you know, to these uh, conversations because as much as you think it means to you, somebody will say something to you to say, no, I mean, you know, D. Webb is from Jacksonville. Went to Florida. Now he get to, you know, now he's getting, now he getting recognized. D. You know, D. Hit me up saying, "Hey Ben, how many people can I bring?" I said, "I said, listen, Kevin Thomas said you can bring as many people as you want. <laughs> just don't, just don't let it be, you know, a school bus full of people. Man, I want people. I want your family to uh, come celebrate with you, man. So I'm looking forward to it." How long does it take? Here's what I want to know. Again, to go from so glad to have you, man. What a rivalry, so special too. Well, you know, I I never lost in the series, like well, four well, and zero, well, well, four and zero, undefeated. No, no, it's just, it's just as long as you listen. You keep it classy. I keep it classy. I'm not I'm not here to start no fights. I'm not here to do that. None of that. But if you say the wrong thing, I'm gonna be like, yes, you 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 sure you? No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. It depends on who's saying it too. I'm not gonna tell Willie McClendon who you think you're talking to. I'm <laughs> Come on, man. I'm not going to tell. Listen, this is DJ. DJ, I might not be able to see him because he might be flashing the, you know, flashing the ice. So I'm saying I'm dealing with guys that want it all. Oh, God. But, with I mean, a fan could say to you, well, listen, I'm a Georgia fan. I, I never lost to Florida. I mean, 
Never lost. At the end of the day, BJ, man, you just want BJ won't smoke. Uh, listen, I'm not going to be. If, if, nah, listen, I, I respect everybody. If Willie McKinnon stand up, I'm going to stand up. <laughs> Wait a minute, Willie. No, I'm just, I, I am playing. I am playing. This is why I do it, though, because I'm in awe of these guys. Just because I was one of them doesn't mean I'm not in awe of them, so I'm looking forward to it. And, again, it starts tomorrow uh, there at 7 o'clock. We'll have three and out uh, live here from the Westin. We'll be out uh, back there Oceanside here at the uh, the Westin. And, again, weather tomorrow looking really good uh, heading into the weekend. So looking forward to that as uh, well. So coming back, we've got so much to get to talking Georgia-Florida. Game two tomorrow. Excuse me, game three tomorrow of the World Series. We'll get to that coming up uh, on the show as well. It is three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. If you missed any portion of the show, ESPNCoastal.com.